Hello, real estate world. Welcome to the Nova Show, real estate records. This is Nuria Rivera, owner of Novation Title. I wanted to create the space for you guys to be able to share success stories, but not only success stories, I also wanted you guys to be able to share raw stories, everything that you have learned from the failures, the lessons, the wins. This is a space for our community to come together so that we can help each other rise to the next level. This is a space to be vulnerable, and this is a space for us to all be able to support each other in this real estate world. Please enjoy this episode. Today I am here with Evelyn Chandler, and she is the branch broker of a large real estate company here in Salt Lake City in South Valley area. And I am Kathy Moore, the development coach here at Novation. So I'm going to make a small introduction about Evelyn, and this is just amazing. It says, um, Evie grew up in a small town in Connecticut and then moved to Florida to attend the University of Florida. There, she earned a bachelor's degree in public relations, graduating magna cum laude. She began her real estate career in property management, spending two years as the leasing manager for her 212-unit apartment complex in St. Petersburg, Florida. However, she missed the slopes, and so she made one more cross-country move to Salt Lake City, Utah, transitioned into residential real estate, and today she is the branch broker for a large company here in Salt Lake City in the South Valley area where she manages 95 plus agents and she serves buyers and sellers in a 100 mile radius from Salt Lake City. And it would go cover from like Logan to Nephi, which uh, that's a huge area. Welcome, Evie. We are so happy to have you here today. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. So without further ado, um, tell me a little bit more about yourself and then also what makes you tick? What makes me tick? You know, I think you said a lot of it there. I, I moved a lot growing up and I really feel like I've found my home in Utah now. I've been here eight years. And, you know, I'm starting a family here. I feel like real estate has not always been an easy job to have, but I think it's a very flexible mm -hmm. job and I just absolutely love it. And it's just given me everything I've wanted in life, all of the tools, and I'm just really happy. I'm really happy where I am. Oh, I love happy people. Yeah. So before we get dive into the interview, tell our listeners where they can connect with you online, social media, where, where can they connect with you? Oh, sure. So my website is localutahlistings.com. Um, I have a Facebook, Evelyn Chandler Real Estate, and an Instagram, Evelyn Chandler underscore RE. Perfect. And LinkedIn. Oh, I love it. Mm -hmm. I love it. Um, so what inspires you to do what you do and also to keep you going? You know, I think on social media, you see a really glamorized view of real estate. And I'm 100% guilty of that. Um, you post all the wins and all the successes. Um, but real estate is, you know, you have to be really resilient in this field. Yeah, and I great. think um, I like to have a really positive outlook and I'm really bubbly and girly. But, you know, there's there's a lot of, um, a lot of grinding involved in real estate. There's a lot of rejection. Um, there's a lot of hours worth that nobody sees. Mm. And, you know, I think just protecting your headspace and just getting a really good routine going in your life, having a wonderful support system um, and loving what you do every day. I mean, I think it just helps you keep going. Tell us one thing that 
kind of keeps you going when your mindset starts to go south. <laughs> Bubble baths. Oh, nice. I like that. <laughs> I think um, no matter how good or bad the day is, I'm ending it in my bathtub. Okay, um, a bubble bath can fix everything. It really can. Yes, it it can. can fix everything. You know, um, there was a probably like a two week time period where my bathtub you couldn't use it. One of the taps was broken. Oh no! And uh, yeah, it threw me off. It was <laughs> it was not great. I feel like um, that would definitely be it. It would be the bathtub. Awesome! I mm-hmm. love that. I love that. Um, so you strike me as a visionary with big dreams and goals, and. Tell us what your year-end goal is for this year. But then I'm also interested in your three-year, your five-year, like where do you see yourself? Yeah. So in my broker role, we started out with 25 agents um, and a lot of them were new. And that was about two and a half years ago. So now we have 95 and I love them. And every single agent is so unique and (laughs) their success is my success. Uh, I really want to get the branch to about a hundred. I think that's a great number. And, you know, I think just like I said, having those agents be absolutely the best that they can be, that would be my year end goal for, for the broker side of it. Mm-hmm. But I have a lot of personal goals too. I mean, I'm, so I'm due in July to have a daughter. Yay. And, you know, it's, <laughs> it's amazing. I don't know anything about babies, so it's going to be a blast. It's <laughs> um, awesome. And yeah, so that's going to be half the year right there is just going to be figuring that out and balancing my real estate career, helping all of my agents and all of my professional goals. And then also, you know, my personal goals of being an amazing mom. I love that. For the personal, okay. So I don't know if you guys are picking up on this, but I think that you can get from her explanation that she just gave us that she really is about other people. So I'm going to make her circle back around and talk a little bit more about herself and her business goals for your real estate business, because that is important to you as well as being the branch broker. So talk a little bit about that too. It is. And I think there's a lot of balancing. Um, So I've sold about 185 homes and, you know, each year my business becomes more and more referral based. I spend less time chasing the clients and more time just focusing on my SOI, you know, Mm -hmm. focusing on those people who, who I've helped buy and sell, who have referred me clients in the past. And, you know, I just really want to provide value to them. So I do a lot of pop buys. I do a ton of events, um, you know, Calabunga Bay, ice skating events, uh, fall family pictures, just a lot of stuff like that. Sure. So I feel like giving back to all of my clients and then in turn getting to have this referral based business is really yes. important to me. Um, because I have to spend my time a lot of different ways. You know, I have to spend my time answering agents' questions, recruiting agents, and then also focusing on my own clients who, and I don't want any of them to think they have the backseat. You know, I want my attention to be on all of them all the time. That's hard. That's a lot of balls in the air juggling. It's a lot of balls in the air, but I love it. I think it's a really fun job. I enjoy every minute of it. Um, And personally, you know, even with the broker side of my job, I still want to help at least 20 families buy and sell every year, I would say would be my minimum goal. My stretch goal would be more like 40 families a year. Wonderful. We talk a lot in Nova Academy with our classes about servicing SLI and what's that look like and having a schedule and having a system and a plan. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you have that because you've got a lot of things going on, girlfriend. So 
Is that true? I mean, tell me a little bit about your systems. Oh yeah. Systems are so important. So and I love to have things that are working in the background to where I'm not making calls 24 <clears> seven. <throat> and when I got into real estate, I was making calls from 9 a.m. until 5 p.m. And then I was showing houses and then I was doing open houses. Mm -hmm. It's a lot when you first get going. But I did start some systems. Um, I started using Boomerang. I started using Sensations, um, HomeBot, a lot of programs where you set them up and they're emailing or they're mailing your SOI. Excellent. So they're passive systems. I don't have to check in. I don't have to do much. They are just going once you set them up. Okay. I think that's very helpful. Um, and then, like I said, the quarterly events, we do have them. We host them quite a bit. And mm -hmm. that's a really great way to stay in touch with everybody. It's a fun call to make mm -hmm. to your clients and, and to the people who have trusted you in the past, um, you know, with their business. Um, those would probably be the main ones. I like to do the pop buys minimum quarterly, but they're hard. My clients are spread out. Oh um, yeah. So I did North Ogden to Lehigh. I was delivering some Popeyes recently wow. and I didn't get out to Tooele and I didn't get out <laughs> to Kaysen. Um, You're probably going to have to divide it into quarters and do it. Here's my Northern day. Here's my Southern day. Here's my Eastern day. Here's my Western day. Exactly. I have to do that. And so I, I do want at least, you know, drop by and provide something of value to them. Minimum once a quarter is what I aim for. Awesome. I love that. I love that. Okay. Perfect. Uh, what, who are the most influential people in your life? I think the absolute most influential person would be my mom. Mm -hmm. She is the ultimate role model for a female who is succeeding in business. And she has been my entire life. What does she do? So her job title is the quarterback of claims. <laughs> yes, I, I, I don't know if she gave herself that. It really is. It really is. And so she works in workers comp. Um, she also has her PhD in nursing along with a million insurance licenses. Uh -huh. She never stops learning. Um, and she closes the claims that other people can't. So she flies around the country settling workers comp claims. Huh. Mm -hmm. That sounds very interesting. She, and how long has she done this? She's done that at least 15 years. When we lived in the middle of nowhere in Connecticut, she did nursing. Okay. So she, she has a really broad background, but everything that she's done has helped her with her current position. Mm -hmm. And she's just incredibly driven. You know, success is, it, it's, it's not an option to not succeed when you look at her and how that's how she raised me. Like it wasn't really an option to not succeed. You know, I'm an only child. I had a lot of pressure on me, two very successful parents. And, you know, straight A's were expected. Doing a sport every quarter was expected. I play the cello because of her. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. I am happy to play it. I think she definitely, you know, encouraged me to do things I wouldn't have done and encouraged me to not quit them uh -huh. when things get hard. And I really appreciate her to this day. I just think she's just a remarkable person. So I love that. I have to ask, do you still play the cello? I still have the cello. <laughs> <laughs> My husband will say he's never heard me play it because I'm too embarrassed to play it when anybody else is home at oh. this point. I had a string quartet at my wedding and it was one of my, it was a perfect day start to finish, but the string quartet was just the cherry on top. And I think I'm going to start up lessons again with one of the girls who was in the quartet. That's awesome. There is a, a local orchestra for people just like you 
that if you would like to join, I think they meet like a couple of times a month to practice and they wow. do a little show at the end of the year. Oh, that's amazing. That just brings me back. You, yeah, just let <laughs> you know, there's some options out there for you to keep going if you want. I love it. Is there anyone else that influenced your life besides your mom? Which I love that story. I think that's amazing. She sounds like a real fireball. You know, I think as far as real estate goes, it would be my former team lead. Um, his name is Austin Kales. But I think if I... When, when I had the dream of getting into residential real estate, I didn't have the, but how do you do it? Mm. You know, I, I had the what I want to do, but I didn't have the how. And I think he does a really great job of explaining how you can oh, use this awesome. as such a vehicle for success. Um, and that was, you know, I was on that team for a good five years. I feel like I saw every real estate experience I could have seen with web leads for five years. I understand. Um, and that is why my clients are so spread out. Ah, uh, there you go. You know, I would show houses in Duchesne. I would show houses in Roosevelt, you know, um, Nephi and Logan. And I think that work ethic, he has a pretty great work ethic and, and he definitely has the tools to make you successful. So he was another big influencer. Do you feel like you are a good representative of where you came from? Do you feel like you take the lessons you learned from Austin and put them into your business as French broker? I do. I think I took, I took what resonated with me. Um, because, you know, where I work now, it's a different culture from where I was, mm -hmm. but I think it's very, I, I, I hesitate to say feminine because we have men who work there, Yeah, but it has a very positive, um, compassionate, encouraging vibe. That can still be male. It can still it be can male. It can still be a male it energy. Can. Yeah. It really can. No, I see um, what struggle is. We, we, we <laughs> struggle is female and I'm a very girly girl and I don't hide it. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like um, while I love wearing dark colors, I love wearing high heels and bright colors. I feel like um, it's, I, I like bringing everything that, that worked for me from where I was and then just wrapping it up in my own package with I, what I think might potentially work better for oh, some I people. Love that. Well, and I love the fact that every time I walk in, it's like, I always feel like I'm getting the authentic Evelyn. And I love that. <laughs> I try. I can't be anyone who I'm not. No. I'm not good at it. No, I, I love just that. just be me. <laughs> I understand. And I love that about you. Um, what do most people misunderstand about your work? It's tricky. I think things they might misunderstand, you know, you can put in a lot of work with a client and with a transaction and financially it can amount to nothing. You know, there are a lot of times where I'll work with someone for years, years. And at the end of the day, they don't buy a house or they don't sell a house or something happens. So I feel like all of the work that goes into it, someone who's not in real estate is just not going to see, you know, they're not going to see the seven contracts you wrote. And then none of them turned into anything, but you, then you just move on. You know, you pick mm -hmm. yourself up and it's, well, that one didn't work out. Let's go get another one. Mm -hmm. And you just kind of have to remind yourself of that. But I don't think other people really see that other than the people closest to you in your life. You know, if you have a realtor friend, you probably see this and hear these stories, mm -hmm. but if you aren't in the industry, I think that's something that, um, that is definitely not visible all the time. I get that. I also think because you are such a beautiful feminine woman, do you ever think that somebody misunderstands your powerhouse core? I think that happens a few ways with me. So I'm not tall. <laughs> <laughs> I am not quite five feet tall. And when I'm not pregnant, I would say I was a small person. <laughs> um, and I think that 
it didn't necessarily help me when I was starting out in real estate. I had, um, I remember once I was showing a house to someone and we get through the whole tour and I'm giving her my whole spiel and, and answering questions. And at the end of it, she just says, are you 18? And I looked at her, I think I was 23 or 24 at this point. And I just said, yeah, <laughs> sure am. I promise I can do this. I've done this many times. So I feel like sometimes just the physical aspects of that, yeah. you know, you don't command that authority that maybe a, a taller man would have. Um, you know, I had other clients where I would tell them exactly the same thing as a taller man would. And it didn't sink in when I said it. I had to call some of my friends and I had to say, can you please help me with this client? Just say exactly this. And it would work. And it killed me. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think I think getting my broker's license was kind of my way to legitimize myself. Because mm. um, I thought I, I want to go off on my own. I can't fall back on the reputation of my team, on my mm -hmm. team lead. I have to go make my own reputation. And I, I think that getting my broker's license was my way of doing that. Mm. I didn't know it would lead to the path I'm on and my amazing brokerage and all my amazing agents. I didn't know it would lead there, but I did know it would help me if I was trying to take a listing. And I said, are you interviewing agents or are you interviewing brokers? And that, I think that has helped me. Awesome. Gave you a different platform to stand on that you felt was a little yeah. bit more solid, a little taller. A maybe. little taller platform. I don't <laughs> think, you know, people say once I start talking, they they're, they get it and they'll trust me. But a lot of the time, you know, I walked into my brokerage on the first day when, when I was supposed to be the broker to these agents. And mm -hmm. I definitely think there was a moment where they looked at me and thought, uh oh, <laughs> can she do this? Yeah. I'll be honest. The first time I met you, I thought, man, she's really young. Right. It's, it's too fun. Which is not bad. The older you get, trust me, this is a good thing because you have this beautiful, youthful appearance about you. And own it because knock their socks off. They will misunderstand and then you can clear it up. <laughs> All right. So I kind of feel like we went into this next question. However, let's go ahead. When did you first become in, interested in real estate and what took you to the principal broker role? Well, branch broker role. So the branch broker role or being a broker, mm -hmm. you feel that that gave you a different platform to stand on, gave you more legitimacy is that fair I do think it gave me more legitimacy and I feel like in my life I've I've been really lucky I don't know if luck is the right word but I, I trust my intuition I make decisions very quickly so if I think I'm going to do this I don't really have that thing in the back of my head saying what if it doesn't work out I, I think that's where I'm very lucky I kind of just jump and it has worked out so real estate in general I think I did I did kind of luck into. Um, I graduated school and it was in 2013. So that was the year where there were a lot of college grads and not a lot of entry level jobs. Okay. So I was applying to a ton of public relations jobs and I had done internships every semester or every summer semester. And I thought, how am I not going to get an entry level job? Couldn't get one. I get an email from my apartment complex that says, hey, we're looking for a new leasing coordinator and you get 35% off your rent. And I wrote back right away. Um, I'm like, that sounds great. I'm relating with the public. I'm using my degree. Um, and I just loved it. I did that for two years, ended up getting promoted to leasing manager. And it's a lot like real estate. I'll tell you, I made $12 an hour and $50 for every lease I got signed. 
So real estate's a bit better there. Yeah. You know, um, but they decided to sell the complex. And um, if you stayed through the end of the sale, you got a bonus. So I took my bonus, moved to Utah and got my Utah license. What did make you move to Utah? I mean, like you're in Florida. I know that your bio says, oh, I miss those slopes, but what, what was there? It's a funny story. So one of my best friends moved out here. Her husband got a tech job and he moved her out here. And I remember thinking, oh, you poor thing getting moved to Utah. <laughs> I have to go visit you. I need to be that ray of sunshine for you. And I visit in peak fall. Um, I think mm. it was mid-October. It was beautiful. She lived in Conwood Heights. So I was introduced to a very beautiful part of the state. And it was really well-timed in that they had announced the sale of my complex. And I knew I was only going to be there for three more months. Mm. And so it, it just seemed really faded. I just thought, well, I can look for another job in Tampa, St. Pete area, or I could look for a job here or I could do real estate here. And, and I talked to a few complexes when I got here and I just thought, you know what? I just want to be a realtor. You know, I want to do residential. Mm. And I ski instructed while I got my license. Where'd you learn how to ski in Connecticut? Yes. So my, my family was reverse snowbirds. So okay. we were in Florida during the hot months and we were in Connecticut during the cold months. And they did that for a while. And so I started skiing when I was three. You know, I plan on putting my daughter on skis the second she can. Mm -hmm. And um, and I started ski racing too when I was really little and I loved it. And we moved back and forth a lot. Um, we ended up staying in Connecticut um, for middle school and high school. And then when it became time to go to college, I was looking at University of Vermont and University of Florida. University of Vermont was $50,000 a year. And I would be on their race team. And then University of Florida was free. My mom signed up for uh, Florida prepaid when I was born. And so she locked in the price of tuition when I was Well, born. your mom is smart. <laughs> She's incredibly smart. Incredibly smart. She plans. She's where I got my planning from. And so I, I mathed it out and I just thought, you know what? It, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense for me to go into debt for my undergrad. My whole family went to University of Florida. And nice. I didn't get it until I was there, how obsessed they were with this school. I get it now. It's amazing. Um, awesome. Yeah. And so then my skiing took a hiatus. I didn't ski for the next seven years until I moved back here. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Got it. Here's an interesting question. And I love that it's kind of sandwiched in the middle of the interview because it kind of breaks things up. What advice would your younger self, no, reverse it older self say to your younger self? I think something that it sounds kind of generic, but it's something a lot of people get tripped up on is the timeline of your life compared to the timeline of other people's lives. And, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter when you get married, when you have kids and when you, when you, your career takes off. Mm -hmm. I feel like for me, I always saw people around me doing certain things before, you know, I'm one of the last friends of mine to get married. Mm -hmm. I got married at 31. Um, I'll have my daughter at 32. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was not my goal. Uh, growing <laughs> up, I thought I was going to be maybe 23 starting this whole journey. Um, and sometimes I think about that. I'm like, you know what? I always wanted to be a younger mom. I'm going to be 32. You can't, you can't decide these things. It, everything happens at the right time for you. And, um, you know, I think, I think I would have told my younger self that just don't think about it. Don't worry about it. 
everything will happen when it should. Don't stress. Don't stress. I love that. All right. What is the biggest challenge that you're facing in your work right now? I think fear. Um, I have clients who are incredibly well qualified and they're too scared to pull the trigger. You know, I don't know if it's what they're hearing. I don't know if it's people they're talking to or things they're seeing, um, maybe on TV, but I have very well qualified clients who are too scared to get into the housing market, first time buyers, but ones that are definitely qualified. Then I have clients who are not, but they desperately want a home. And so, you know, with rates, how they are, we could do some creative maneuvers to get them into a home and we are trying but it is funny to me how I have these clients who are who are so well qualified, but they don't want to do it. And then the ones who really want to do it and it's harder for them and they're struggling and they're struggling. And so you have to find really creative solutions for that second group. Mm-hmm. And then the first group, you just have to kind of break down that fear and, and have people trust the process and understand that there are a lot of really good reasons to buy a house right now. And to not let yourself get discouraged by things you might hear that don't necessarily apply. Isn't it interesting that mindset on everyone's front is always like first, if we can get a hold of their mindset and help them to have positive or whatever that is, you need a, you talked about mindset in the beginning of the interview. It is just huge. Mm -hmm. And they have to understand that you're looking after their interests. A lot of people have their guard up and they think Mm, you're a salesman. You want to sell a home. Yes, I do want to sell a home, (laughs) but I also want you to do what's right for you. If it's not the right time for you to buy a home, I will tell you, you know what? I don't think you're in a financial position to buy a home. Mm -hmm. I am happy to help you try. There's definitely a way we could get you in a home, but I'm not sure if it's the right time for you. I think you should really evaluate that and make sure you're comfortable, you know, but I think that's something that is that is tricky. It's it's showing them that you care about them and you want them to make the best move for them. Getting past that salesman wall of this person's trying to sell me something. Do you feel that that makes you a step above most salespeople because you care about the timing for your client? I hope, you know, I definitely hope I'm providing a level of service that makes them understand I'm not doing this for me. You know, if they decide not to buy this house, that is fine. There is no pressure for this person to buy this house, you know, unless they want to. And then I will fight tooth and nail to make sure they get it. Mm -hmm. Um, I I think it's just walking that line of, I will do anything for you, but I can't want this house more than you want this house and kind of showing them that. Yeah, that's true. Very true. Okay. If your life could take a radical turn what would that be? And this is a good question because you are getting ready to have a baby. So ready or not, your life is about to take a radical turn. It's true. I am in the radical turn, right? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I don't know. I don't know anything about babies. I'm an only child. My family is very small. I have three cousins. I tell people that in Utah and they look at me like I'm insane. Um, My entire family can fit at the dining room table that my husband's immediate family can. Um, it is, it, it's just really funny to me. So I don't have a lot of experience with kids. I've always wanted to be a mom, like as long as I can think, I have always wanted to be a mom, but it's going to be really interesting. I think I'm, I'm happy that I set myself up the way I did to where I, I have this, the, the broker position, you know, I can do a lot of it by phone, a lot of it. 
I, it is very important to me that I do see my agents and I do trainings that are live. Um, and I have a lot of meetings and I, and I really do love that aspect of my job, but I love that I can also do it from my house, you know? Right. So I think that'll help me with balancing it, but everyone says you can't plan for it. It's not going to be anything that you can, <laughs> that you can plan for. You can try. Well, I'm trying. And as the, the president of the overthinkers over planner club, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's very good advice. You can't plan for a lot of the things. It's interesting because you're getting ready to, to, you know, like we said, have a radical change in your life. And it's going to be such a huge blessing. How long, what's your plan? Because I'm probably sure you have one. How long are you going to, to, to take to, to get yourself acclimated and for the baby and everything before you jump right back in? Do you know? It's a tough question because I've talked to my friends who have children and and their recoveries have all been so different. Yeah. So, you know, the short answer is I want to take as little time as possible to at least be back in the office one day a week. Okay. I'm not going to try to, you know, be doing my most aggressive real estate (laughs) Um, after I have her. But, you know, I think um, I have her on a daycare wait list already, which is hilarious because she will be born in July, <laughs> but apparently that's how this works. You have to get on wait lists. Well, hey, your mom put you on the college list. There you go. When you were born. So and I, and I, I get was, it. And she did the same thing with me. I was in daycare um, when I was six weeks old. So my goal is to have her in daycare at 12 weeks old. Um, like and I'm trying for three days a week. So two days a week, I will get to spend um, with my agents. I will get to spend in my business. And, you know, it's just going to be, it's going to be an interesting experience, but I'm going to try to balance it. <laughs> well, and you're, you're going to be fine. And, and you've got a great support system and you have good friends that you can go to and you can ask questions. And so all of that is good. That's one of the benefits of doing these things last. You know, everybody's already had children in my friend group. So um, I know when I was building my registry, it was very daunting. I was looking at it, you know, there's 30 different kinds of strollers and pacifiers. And I had no idea what any of it was. Mm-hmm. And, and I had some close friends come, come over who were moms and they helped me. Yes. And I thought, oh, I'm awesome. so happy I'm doing this after you guys. Yeah. So happy. Yeah. I am not the researcher. I am the person who befriends the researcher. Yeah. And so they go through everything. They research the daycares, they research the strollers. And then I just say, hello, which one did you choose and why? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and that's worked out so far. So no, that's awesome. I love it. Well, I love real estate for, for, uh, having a family because it is somewhat flexible. Right. And there's a lot of jokes about it. Like, you know, you can work whenever you want. You can work whatever 80 hours a week that you want. <laughs> and uh, and that's how it's been for me. You know, one of my close friends recently just tried to call me and chat in the middle of the day. And I said, sorry, I'm working. And she said, what's the point of being a realtor if you're working from nine to five? <laughs> oh, that's a good perception. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, well, you know, sometimes it's like eight to 8 a.m. to 10 p.m. I was thinking, yeah. But then there's other days where, you know, I mean, you could take three hours and you can get your hair done and your nails done. And other people have to work in that time and they have to fit all these things in on weekends. Um, There's a lot of times where it can be incredibly flexible. It can also not be flexible. It is how you do it. And I think that's just what I'm going to do. I'm just going to focus on prioritizing and, and, you know, taking those benefits about how real estate can be so flexible. Yes. You're going to be a great mom. Oh, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to be a great mom. 
All right. So what is your way of showing up for yourself every single day? You know, I think we've, we've talked about, you know, your mind space a lot and protecting it. Um, I think for me, I thrive on routine. You know, I really like, and I'm kind of boring. Like I, I took a test once and I have a, a, a smartwatch that said, I am an early evening person. I am not a morning person or a late night person, which sounds kind of sad. <laughs> you know, like, ooh, 6 p.m., the time to thrive. Um, but, you know, I feel like having having a routine has really helped me um, just to stay centered. Um, I think I'm too hyper and too overthinking to meditate. I've, I've tried it. I have to keep trying it. Really do. Um, I think it's also the person that leads you through the meditations. I have a couple. And when it's just me, it doesn't work. I'm the one trying to lead me through it. It's not great. Yeah, um, get it. But I think in terms of having a routine with my day, um, you know, having the bubble bath at the end of the day is just something that really rejuvenates me and kind of resets everything. Nice. You know, in the morning, there's a, a book, The Miracle Morning by Hal mm -hmm. Enron. And he has a lot of ways you can create a wonderful morning routine. One of them that I actually can do is um, some moments of stillness and quiet every day. Yeah. But I have to do it the second I wake up, like when my alarm goes off and before I get out of bed, because when I get out of bed, my dogs start harassing me for food. So it has to be in that moment where they don't know you're awake yet. And uh -huh. you stay very still. That's same thing for babies too, just so you know. <laughs> I love it. Dogs and babies stay very still below their sight of vision. <laughs> they cannot know you are awake yet. Um, and that is when I think I center myself. I think about, okay, what do I want to get done today? What is my, like my top three on my to-do list? What am I going to get done first? Um, and, and just getting excited and getting in that right headspace for the day. I love that. But the Thank second you. they know I'm awake, it, it's all over. It's all over. Game changed. Mm -hmm. Okay. Awesome. What are three unique skills that helped you become successful? I think follow-up would be my main skill. Oh, interesting. Um, if a lead is responding to me, I will keep talking to them. Um, I just hit the fifth anniversary of working with one of my leads. Awesome. And it was comical at the time because I thought, how long have I been talking to this guy? And I went all the way back. And on that day, it was the fifth anniversary of reaching out to him. Oh, funny. And each year I show him houses and each year the houses are more expensive. Um, we started out looking at $150,000 beautiful single family homes. This year we looked at a $300,000 condo, Yeah. you know, and I wish he pulled the trigger then, I know. <laughs> but you know how life is. I mean, rarely do you call someone and they say, yes, let's go look at this house today. I would like to buy it. It happens sometimes and those days are wonderful, but a lot of the time it, it's not immediate. And I yeah. have a lot of patience, you know, okay. I think being pregnant, I have significantly less patience, but however, for my clients, I still have a lot of patience. Gotcha. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, if they answer, I will keep responding to them. So I think follow-up is probably one of them where I can take a really old lead and turn it into a closing. Perfect. What's another one? Another one I think would be organization. Um, I have a, a little touch of OCD where I have, um, I have a lot of systems in place. I have a lot of checklists, a lot of checklists. When someone goes under contract, you do this. When someone closes, you do this. Um, and I think that takes the, the mental pressure off because mm -hmm. I took the time to create those. So now I don't have to think about it so much. It's okay. This happened. Now you do this. And, and that kind of helps. I think that helps a lot having those, that organization in place. Love it. Do you have one more? Hmm, I guess I would be systems. And if I can make that a separate one, you know, I think just having, having those systems in place, having your scripts in place when you talk to somebody 
And then if you set an appointment, what do you do now? I, I think that would probably be the next one would just be having systems and trusting them. I'll add one to you for you. You're just fun to hang out with. So I think your <laughs> clients are like, hey, okay, we're shopping with you. And I think you bring that into any meeting that you have. It's just you. Oh, thank you. I had that on a review once. They said we had a lot of fun seeing houses with her. <laughs> fun no, is it's very underrated, but I think it's up absolutely on your list. Well, and people are, you know, it's a big thing buying a house. It's a big thing selling a house. There's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of anxiety. Um, what we can do to make that process fun, kind of, you know, it takes the pressure off. Yeah. It takes the pressure off you and them. It's just, you know what? That house was terrible. Let's move on to another one. <laughs> exactly. <Okay. laughs> um, or you know, just seeing the, I guess, seeing the humor in situations and and showing it to them and trying to kind of get their guard down. Yeah, I agree with that. I think someone would feel at ease with you pretty immediately. Oh, thank you. I try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm not very intimidating. It's the hype. <laughs> <laughs> doesn't hurt. See, didn't help, but it doesn't hurt. Mm-hmm. Okay. When you were still a kid, what did you hope you would grow up to become? You know, I really wanted to be a vet. I really did, but okay. I don't have the heart for it. I can't watch any movies with animals in them. Mm. If an animal is in the movie, I just turn it off. <laughs> I, I'm a huge, huge horror movie fan. And it, if I never ever guessed that. <laughs> if there is a dog in the first scene of the movie, I am out. I do not want to know what happens to that dog. Um, I really, really admire the people who who help animals, and and I wish I could, but I can't. Okay, that's duly noted. I got you. Okay, um, can you tell us one thing about yourself that most people aren't aware of? You know, I think being an alpine racer is probably that thing that I can shock people with. Yep, um, I'll agree. So I I raced since I was five. I think I entered my first race when I was five and I think I was just out of control. And that was how I won. Um, I got a medal and they said to the crazy kid. And I'm like, okay. Um, and then after that, you know, I got involved with it. I was on our race team in middle school, in high school, and it's a lot of work. You know, I lived in Connecticut and it was a really remote area. So we were racing people in Massachusetts and New York. And I cannot believe my family drove me you know, you had to leave your house at five in the morning to get to these races at seven to check in. It, yeah. it was not an easy sport to coordinate. I don't know if I would do that for my daughter, looking back at what my parents had to do. Um, luckily in Utah, there's a lot of mountains. It's probably much easier here, but I think that's something that people would not really expect, you know, and then when I came to Utah and I ski instructed, I taught kids, I taught kids who were three to six years old. And I loved it. It was an absolute blast. It's a lot harder to teach adults. You know, they think the the kids are just watching you and it's, it's a lot more physical, but I had a lot of fun doing that too. Where did you work when you did that? Park city mountain resort. Mm -hmm. I love it. Beautiful. Okay. Yeah, I would agree. Nobody would know that. (laughs) So good, good, good answer. Okay. Is there anything else that you want us to know that I haven't asked you about? can't really think of anything I, I guess you know I have a lot of pets sometimes people are surprised about oh, how them. many pets and what do you have I have two blue healers nice. they're insane and I love them <laughs> um, I think you know on the unfortunate day that they pass away I'm going to get an easier dog 
I'm looking into like a King Charles Cavalier, or like a golden retriever. Um, they challenge me a lot. Um, and I've grown up with dogs my whole life. I, mm-hmm. I had three dogs all the time growing up when, when one got a little older, we got another dog. Um, and it, and we always had three. And then as an adult, I have also have two cats. So one of my parents lied because they said that they were both allergic to cats and that I must be too. I'm not, I love cats. And so I do have two of those now as well. And did the healers and the cats get along? Yeah, they get along. There, there's some chasing. Yeah. But they get along. I think it took them about two years to get used to each other. Every time we had, when we have a new dog or a new cat, it feels like it takes two years for them to not chase each other all the time. But I think that, you know, everyone gets along and, and it's really nice. I, I love my zoo. Um, whenever I go to someone's house without pets, I just think, what do you do when you're here? I don't understand. <laughs> that's so, great. So that's a pretty that. big part of my life. I love that. I love that. Well, Evelyn, it has been an absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Thank you so much for saying yes. And uh, everybody look forward to this young woman absolutely setting the world on fire. Thank you so much. It was lovely being here. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please rate us, like us, and share this podcast with our real estate community. The Nova Show Real Estate Record, sharing raw stories of real estate failures, lessons, wins, and successes. This is all from Novation Title, bringing a different experience into your world so that we can all uplift each other. Until next time.